You're listening to the USCA official podcast, which takes you behind the scenes of eventing, covering all the big events, professional tips and tricks, interviews, special guests, and the latest USCA eventing news. Welcome to the USCA official podcast and it is the USCA convention preview show because the convention is coming up very shortly. It is being held on the 7th through to the 11th of December in Savannah, Georgia and we are going to be looking forward to what is in store for all of you lucky people who might be making the trip and if you haven't got your trip booked yet, it is not too late. This could well be the conversation that gets you booking that plane ticket uh, or hotel room, whatever it may be. I'm going to start by saying a very big hello to our two guests, Rob Burke. It has been a while. How are you? I missed you, Nicole. Happy to be back. It is very good to have you. And Max Corcoran, who is president. Max, I feel sad that it's coming <laughs> to an end. We've only got a few I, months left. I know. I am. I am very. I have very mixed emotions about all of it. I am. Um, Feeling feeling jipped that I haven't gotten enough stuff done, but also feeling um, pretty excited about having my evenings back and a lot of other things. But not to say that I'm not going to still be highly involved because you can't just walk away. So, yeah, she, it's been she an adventure. Says, she says she hasn't got enough stuff done. She has navigated this association through a <laughs> pandemic. She has dealt with her horrendous things happening throughout those years beyond that she's had she has created a horse a horse welfare and horsemanship fund with you know a six-figure fund she's created a grooms program she like essentially you get where i'm going with this like she's done a lot she's done a huge amount max do not do yourself a disservice absolutely incredible we're going to talk about it um in a little bit more detail we will have a review of the year coming up on the podcast uh, towards the end of december so do keep your ears peeled for that one listeners um but uh, we wanted to start this show just by paying tribute to a huge loss in the eventing community in US eventing, Rob Bowersox, who really sadly passed away uh, just a week or so ago at the time that this podcast is being released. And I think, Rob, it's the outpouring of grief across social media is a real indication of just how highly regarded Rob was and actually the impact that he's had on the entire equestrian community in America, whether he knew it or not, it, it really is extraordinary. Yeah. I mean, those of us that were fans of uh, the major league eventing pod are, are fans of the podcast of Rob, of um, his entire family. Um, it's just, I mean, we've lost one of our own and um, you know, we've reached out to members of the family already to say, we'll do anything we can um, and, and you're right. I mean, I've, I, I saw it on social media for the last, you know, ever since we heard about it, um, nonstop and, um, just devastating. It really, really is. And I thought so with Karen and the whole of the major league family as well. Um, Let's let's talk a little bit as we go into this show. We're going to talk about the convention, but it has been a couple of months since we have had you guys on the show. And, and I think it's important to reflect on what a finish to the season it has been for US eventing. And we'll, we'll talk about it in those performances in detail later. But 
Max, from your perspective, it feels like the momentum has been building to, to this fall. And not only the World Championships in Protoni, but some brilliant US performances in Protoni and importantly, Le Leon Danger as well for the Young Horse World Championships. What is the feeling like currently off the back of those brilliant performances in US eventing? Yeah, uh, it, Nicole, it's been, it's actually really cool. It's been a long time since we have had such a positive um, energy uh, when it comes to high performance and to even just the young horses and international and um, being productive on the world stage. And, um, you know, we, I think the selectors were brave and put together a bit of a different team to go to the world championships, not your average crew that would go there. And it was the right team. It was a fantastic fantastic group of people it was such a team atmosphere and community um and i think they also you know chose a bit of a different team to go to Aachen, even though that wasn't as successful it gave people a little bit of a you know hey i can do this too type of thing you know I, it, the opportunities are there and it was um a very refreshing um bobby costello has done a, fanta- a fantastic job leading the whole crew being part of it and um, just setting standards and, and keeping everybody down that line. He's been, um, he's been fantastic for a person that's done it himself. The people can't say, you know, he has had to make that team. He knows what it takes. He knows all the sacrifices and everything. And he goes to bat for people, you know, when, when it's needed and keeps people online when that's needed too. So it's been, um, it, it's been great. And then even just having the Le Leon being so successful as well. I mean, we had so many people that wanted to go, which is really cool. And then it was everyone except for, you know, poor Lucia stream. You didn't have a very good go there, but she said, I spoke to her last weekend. She said, look, I learned a ton. So in a lot of ways it was successful for her, but the other horses were, they, I think all the other American horses were in the top 10. And there were what six or seven of them over there, and it was fin- it was fantastic. So I think there's a lot of um, energy and uh, momentum, and and again with the young horses is now there's this whole thing about producing your horses and taking them up the levels, not just horses that you bought, which has happened in America in the past, horses that you've just purchased to get to a championship. The horses that all went to the world championships are all horses that have been produced for a long time by the riders um, that 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 got them there. So. I think there's, you know, there's good energy. People are excited. People, you know, are just ready to, you know, I think there's a lot of excitement is built from it. And and hopefully we just keep going in the right trajectory. We got to stay humble, but we got to keep working hard. And it was interesting. Will Coleman was great because he wrote a little note to all of us at the end. He's like, this is great. We need to celebrate, but we can't rest. Like now we have to know, we have to figure out what we need to do next. What's our next hurdle? Let's, let's keep, let's keep learning. Let's keep getting better. Let's keep working together. So it was, it's really cool. It's that excitement, isn't it? You know, success can breed success. The confidence levels, you know, rise again and everybody feeds off each other a little bit. Um, and you're also perhaps the the level of which you are competing at increases. Everybody just gets that little bit better yes. as well, which really, really helps. Um, it's important to celebrate the good times because there's been plenty of bad times and actually to really kind of focus on the fact that actually things have gone really well is very cool. Uh, for me, one of the most exciting things that's come out of this autumn are the Lillian Danger um, performances. And we had Caroline Martin on one of the shows recently, listeners, and it's well worth going back and listening to her account of Lillian and just how much she took from Lillian last year when she went for the first time and then actually going back 12 months later and being able to be very competitive uh, when she thought actually 12 months previously she she could go and be competitive. You know, the amount that is taken 
not only from the results, but the horse's education, the rider's education, the groom's education is absolutely enormous. Um, Bobby Costello, Rob, I'm just going to pick up on Max's point there because very exciting news for for, US, for the US team and, and through the USCF is that he has now been appointed as a venting technical advisor and chef to keep going forwards um, because obviously it was only ever a temporary position. And one of the things that I think I found most refreshing talking to Bobby and and something I'm sure you guys have seen a huge amount of um, is that sort of, you know, aim for the stars. Like, let's absolutely deliver here. You guys didn't go to Protoni in a bid to just get an Olympic qualifications. Like you went for a medal and you came home with one. Yeah, it's I tell you, we're there's a lot of us that are enormous fans of Bobby and I'm one of them. And so having having Bobby in that position the consistency, someone to count on who knows our system. You know, the one thing that I feel so um, I've felt so I I think sometimes uh, the chef comes in or technical advisor at a disadvantage when they're having to learn about American politics, American, you know, the, the geography, geography. I mean, it, it is, there is, it takes years. I think any of these coaches um, past or present that you ask, they'll say, yeah, it took me a while to just get used to the players and the, um, so Bobby comes into it already prepped for all that. Um, and then even beyond that, kind of the secret uh, for us that people are less familiar with is that essentially I, I joke that eventing has taken over our federation because we have now. Uh, so Graham Tom is the head of sport at the federation. David O'Connor has another. Um, I can't remember his official title, but actually, uh, I think David is director of sport and, and Graham is chef de mission. Chef to mission. Yeah. So, so essentially we now in all these major leadership positions within the Federation have eventers leading the show and they're all walking in pretty lockstep and it's, I'm pretty stoked for our future right now. (laughs) It is actually that I think builds pressure as well on the team to absolutely deliver because, um, you know, they're a hundred percent aware of the program and and all of the intricacies of it. Um, We're going to talk about, as I say, the the year in more detail later on in December. But let's talk about the convention now, because it is one of the highlights of the USCA calendar. And and for, you know, lots of different reasons. And I think the first thing is set the scene for us, Rob. What is the convention? Um, Where is it being held this year? And and who is invited? All right. So I will start. uh, I'll start with where it's being held, because for us, what do you want to do when eventing, uh, when you're not competing your horse? Well, you'd like to have a nice little vacation to get away, go somewhere warm, go somewhere beautiful. Savannah, Georgia is an amazing town. And for anyone who hasn't been there before, it is so walkable, so beautiful, amazing food, so much to see, so much history. Um for me, just walking down kind of these beautiful plazas with the Spanish moss and the fountains. And I mean, it's just so pic- picturesque. So Savannah, Georgia is the location. We're at the uh, Hyatt Regency right down in the heart of, I kind of say bar district, but on the river, which is. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'd stick with on the district. river district. Yes, <laughs> On the river district. I mean, it's it is, you know, if you if you want to have fun, it is the place to go. And it is, you know. I'd say, um, you know, there, there, for every age, there's something to do in this city. 
Um, so, so all of that just sets this amazing setting and I, it'll be hard keeping everybody in the meetings because of that, but, um, I'm super excited about the location. Um, add to that, that in the first couple days, um, actually for those who are coming in for, uh, a, a course design, um, seminar with two of our top designers in the country, uh, with Chris Bernard and Mark Donovan, um, they're actually going to be only a couple minutes down the yard, uh, down the, the road at the Savannah College of Art and Design, who have a multi-million dollar amazing facility. So, and they're just opening up to us. Um, it'll be that'll be amazing. So, um, yeah, facility setting can't be beat. Um, on top of that, you know, I feel like some years, and Max, please chime in on this. Some years we're trying to conjole and beg people to come to the convention. This isn't one that should take a whole lot of sales. I mean, this is like we've got Hall of Fame. We've uh, the Hall of Fame happening. Um, on top of that, like any convention, it's, you know, everybody's getting together to catch up for having not been around each other over the past year necessarily in a in a setting and, to have fun. And even you had the convention last year. Actually, there was still very much the COVID hangover, wasn't there? And and it was felt very different, even in the build up, the sort of uncertainty and everything else. And this one feels, and correct me if I'm wrong, because obviously the, the feeling in America might be very different to the feeling over here in the UK, that actually things are much more normal, in inverted commas again. I, I would totally agree on that. I mean, last year, there was still a bit of a fear of people even coming to be in person. And um, there was you know, we sort of were all masking up in the beginning. And as the weekend went on, we sort of got a little more comfortable with each other. But, and unfortunately, Albuquerque was really still very, um, very weary, COVID weary. And they hadn't really got their staff back up and running again. And um, the town had taken a pretty big financial hit. So there wasn't a lot of restaurants open. There wasn't a lot of, um, it was, it was tough to navigate there last year. And so, you know, obviously the meetings go on and, and, and funny enough, even though last year for the social side of it was not all that exciting because we hadn't met in person the year before the fact that a lot of us got together, we actually got so much done last year, which was great. And people keep saying, Oh, the convention is expensive for the association. Should we just go digitally? And I I will put, I I will say it. And I, we keep saying it, nothing beats an in-person meeting and you've got to have to be able to get people together. And it's not necessarily what happens in that room when you're doing your meeting it's the brief conversation you have over a beer later and the ideas start coming out and then you write them down and then you can take it on then because you're all there together you can go to the next person and be like hey we had this conversation and this is thing and this is how things get rolling and ideas happen and i think it's just it's absolutely critical to to continue to meet in person and there's just i don't know i find it maybe i'm a nerd and i like the sport too much but <laughs> never, i feel like you can get never. you can sort of keep rolling along and 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 get good things done when you're all there together so yeah no i think you you make a very very good point there is nothing quite like the conversation that can happen in person there's also people don't necessarily um it it, it it opens the floor to more frank and honest conversation because actually yeah. you'll you'll say things in person that you wouldn't dream of putting in an email because you can put them in the right context. And um, vice versa and, too, because sometimes versa. words just come out of your mouth where you if you are writing an email, you can did that you know, no 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 no. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you can exactly. be a bit braver too for, for the right things, which I think Absolutely. is important. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um okay, so who is invited to the USCA convention? Who would you like to see come and who is it open to? Anyone with a passion for eventing that would love to sit next to and talk to Olympians that would love to uh, talk and hear from uh, some of the top 
uh, vets, researchers, um, leaders in the sport from top grooms to uh, organizers, et cetera. Anyone who really cares about this sport in America or even North America, um, you know, really should be there. Uh, it, it's, I tell you what, until you go and fully experience it, you have no idea how much you'll gain from it. And, and even our keynote speaker, I think it's going to be very fascinating, Dr. Sue Dyson. I think she'll have a, again, I, we sort of went on you know, for a little bit there. We went, we're sort of getting, you know, oh, this person would be interesting to talk to. And it was just someone that we could talk to, but it wasn't necessarily something that was all that educational. It was sort of, you know, someone that was quasi interesting where the last few years we've sort of tried to bring in somebody that um, is funny yet poignant and can can get you, you know, people actually don't get up and leave in the middle of it, which sounds really terrible, but you know, everybody likes to hear the stories and stuff like that, but to keep your upper level riders, you know, there and intrigued. And, um, it's been nice to have, uh, more of an sort of a funny, but educational, um, uh, keynote speaker. So the keynote speaker will do one of the feature speeches throughout the weekend because the yes. convention actually runs, was it four days? Yeah. Four yeah. days. So yeah. It, well, it technically, half, really, yeah, yeah, technically, um, yeah, it's it's there is activity like the show jumping s- seminar, which will start on Wednesday, believe it or not, and then our last meeting occurs in the morning of Sunday. So, okay, yeah. so throughout the weekend, so the keynote speaker is one of the features of the weekend. So, Dr. Sue Dyson is the keynote speaker this year. What will we hear from her? So, um, and, and Max, correct me me if I'm wrong. So Dr. Sue Dyson, you know, she's actually recently put out a really amazing documentary where she touches on really what the horse is telling us with its behavior. Um, there's so much we still, and, and I can say this as a former equine researcher, there's so much we don't know about the horse. Um, and, and since they can't tell us verbally what's going on with them, um, she's made it uh, a, a large part of her research at looking to figure out what are the telltale signs of pain, what are the telltale signs of, of issues when it comes to your horse. Um, you know, good horsemen can can sense certain things, but she's trying to put the numbers and the data behind it, and she does an amazing job of explaining it in a way that we can all understand. And I understand there is another very, very special guest speaker, uh, Max, that you are responsible for. I am responsible yeah. for for Rob's wicked smart other half, Dr. Amy Burke, is coming to speak. And she's, um, uh, has a, she's a doctor in um, equine nutrition and pasture management. So I've been trying to get her there for years. And Rob keeps saying, I can't be the one to invite her. I said, well, then I will be the one to invite her. I've, so I've tried I'm to hide really, <laughs> trying to hide her, <laughs> not hide her, but hide her. Yeah. To not put her on the spot, but she, I'm really excited to listen to her because she doesn't, she's not, doesn't work for a, 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 a grain company per se. She, so she will have a totally unbiased opinion on, on how to feed your horse and the right thing to do and looking after your fields and stuff like that. So I'm excited to, to listen to her. Cause she's, I keep I always joke with Rob. I'm like, you're smart, but your wife, she's wicked smart. <laughs> <laughs> and you get to have a nice weekend away in um, I know. Georgia. Lovely. We do. Uh, I, I, I've already apologized to her, though, because I'm pretty useless. Like, as far as I'll be in meetings the whole time. So she'll have a great time in Georgia. Meanwhile, I'll be in the hotel. So. <laughs> You'll be busy. You'll be busy. Um, actually, Max, you make a really good point. We, we often talk about, you know, what we feed our horses and their nutrition. 
But actually, the pasture management side of things, I certainly think Huge. always gets overlooked. And actually, it's just as important, really. So, yeah. So, yeah. One of my little, the little known things about Rob Burke is that I have a graduate degree in equine nutrition. Um, I do, yeah. And and if you think about a horse's diet, how much, what percentage of the horse's diet is forage or hay, and what percentage is grain? And it's about an eighty-five to fifteen, or even even less than that. It could be ninety-five to five. You know, where the forage is the major component of the diet, and yet. Why is it when someone asks you about what do you feed your horse, the first answer is, oh, we give grain. them yeah. this grain. And this pellet so, and da, da, da. So, yeah. so what has the largest impact on your horse's health? In most cases, it, it's really what's going in in the forage. So There you go. You learn something new about he, people. He's smart too. You know, listeners, <laughs> you every single day. Yeah. Um, what else have we got going on? Because, I mean, we touched about it, uh, touched on it, talked about it at the top of this show in terms of Protonian World Championships. But actually, there's going to be a chance to hear directly from the horse's mouth, so to speak. You are. Yeah, we'll have the team. We'll have the team there to speak. I, every member of the team is there. And um, Bobby uh, will also be joining them. And of course, Max will be there, but uh, she's going to be trying to hide so she doesn't have to speak. Um and then also we'll have all the grooms, right? We'll have or some of the grooms. Some, some of the grooms are, are yeah. going to be joining us as well. So that's cool. As and well. they're going to carry on and talk to the adult amateur group. Um, they have their um, open forum just after that. And they will be the the uh, amateurs will be able to just uh, or anyone can come to that. And they can ask questions about the horse's travel and what they did to prepare the horses and um, just sort of pick their brains on any questions they might have. So that's that's cool. We'll do like, what else we got. We've got show jumping, footing, understanding that. Um, yep. The, Mark Donovan and, and several others are going to come in yeah. to speak to to footing, proper footing, conditioning care. Um, we've got like I've said I I've said before, but um, we have we have a number. You know, Dr. Amy Burke, of course, but. Um, we have a number of others like Dr. Marty Adams. We have several others who are coming in who are really top-notch um, educators, uh, researchers to speak to kind of some of the most important things going on um, with your horse and how to identify them. We've got Coach Tony coming to do uh, fitness and exercise with us. And and I actually have a private meeting. I'm hopefully setting up with him to give me a, an exercise routine for the coming year. Um biomechanics so rider biomechanics a yeah. lot of stuff for the riders themselves as well um and, and then and it's just, can you can you literally just pick what you go to so you get the calendar yeah. and can you pick and choose obviously there's the the committee meetings i guess which are specifically Closed. for the committee yeah. meeting committee members but outside of that all of the, the open forums as such are for there's anybody to go along and get always something yeah start like Good. for example starting on friday at eight o'clock there's proper warm up and cool down for the busy rider or perceptor training, which, you know, so you got that. And then at nine o'clock problem solving reasons, responses, recommendations, resolutions for officials or volunteer incentive program or show jumping footing seminar. So yeah. there's always, there's always at least two things you can choose from to be able to, you know, to sit in and, or go outside and walk around and, you know, I'm, we're going on a, Doing, there's like a hop on hop off tour you can go on a river cruise there's all these you know there's and there's the yep. haunted tours and um yep. it's a very haunted town too so there's a lot of haunted. fun things yes hmm. it's one of the oldest for america which is you know not like england but in america it's one of the oldest cities yep. okay. and there's 
We've got a really cool program that uh, Jennifer Hardwick, our, our uh, membership uh, director, set up where it's a show your badge um, program whereby normally when I go to these conventions and I leave the hotel, I take my badge off because I don't want to look like a tourist. They actually want you to keep it on because you get all these immense, amazing discounts, oh, really? de- deals. Yeah. Nice. So it's the show your badge program um, and it's all throughout Savannah. So you'll walk into a restaurant and they'll be like, oh, you got your badge. Okay. 20% off your meal or your drinks. Oh, yeah. nice. Stuff like that. Amazing. Yeah. Pretty cool. Okay. Um, the badges are literally going to be going everywhere with everybody all of the time, <laughs> which is perfect. Um, yeah. I think it's a really interesting one because there's so much educational sort of insight into lots of different parts of the sport as a whole. And that, and actually, that is I our mission statement is education. Yeah. yeah, but I actually think that there's a lot of stuff here that if you're thinking, oh, I'm going to have to take a couple of days off work and, and all the rest of it. But actually, there's a lot of things that you could actually put towards personal development. You think, actually, I can apply this in a lot of different ways as part of my life, whether it be the nutrition side of things for, uh, or the, the warm up and cool down from Tony Sandoval and, and people like that. Actually, that's bigger than eventing as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's there's as as a human, there's plenty just for you as a human in your own improvement development and improving your own lifestyle uh, as and then as as horse people, as we all are, um, how to better care um, and, and really honor this most important part of the sport we all love. That is what we like to hear. One of the the points that you've mentioned I want to touch upon in a little bit more detail is that 2022 is actually a Hall of Fame year. Um, so talk us through what happens with Hall of Fame at the convention and, and how that sort of plays into the bigger picture. Sure. So every year we have the convention, we have our annual awards where we announce the rider of the year, the horse of the year, all these things. And and this year, this year we will do that as well. It'll be on Friday. Uh, we'll have a special awards luncheon. It'll be amazing. I can't wait to be there. Um, and then we also on Saturday will honor all of our kind of appreciation award winners. Oftentimes it'll be like those people who really had an impact positively on the sport. And that'll happen dur- during our meeting of members. And, and oftentimes there's a lot of surprise awards given at that point. So that's kind of a fun one to go to just to see, you never know, you might sit down at a meeting, you thought someone else was getting an award and then you're the award recipient. Um, and then, uh, and then the Hall of Fame is really the pinnacle of of the convention every four years, and it is this year. Um, so this year we have five new inductees into the Hall of Fame. Who we you've done interviews with 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 some of them and um, some legends in the. I mean, they're all. This is probably one of the best classes we've had um, in years. I mean, it's an amazing class of organizers, athletes, uh, the famous Eagle Lion, who you're well aware, won badminton. Um, so for us, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a special night and, um, I can't wait actually. It's interesting hall of fame. So we've had Jamie Atkinson and Trish Gilbert, both on the show on special episodes, celebrating their induction into the hall of fame. And then we're going to continue it listeners into early part of next year and sort of look at those others that have been inducted this year. Sally O'Connor, um, Harry Chamberlain, Eagle Lion, as Rob just mentioned to that. So horses obviously can be inducted as well. And actually it's one of those series that when you hear the stories of some of the the great people 
in our sport and how much they have done over the years. And actually, I guess, you know, all roads lead to where we are now. And we've got, you know, lots of work ahead of us um, in terms of the sport. But actually, you know, these are people who have given their, their life to eventing and and have given up so much and have given us so much to enjoy the sport and we don't always know it and appreciate it um but they're just absolutely extraordinary very well deserved yeah yeah sure what actually sorry and one of my favorite interviews you did was with trish and i think you were trish gilbert and you were trying to get her to speak a little bit more of the impact that she and other women had on getting women into the into the saddle and into the competition and she was almost dismissive she's like hey that was nothing you know (laughs) and yeah actually you know when when she was when trish was competing and we were in what the 60s um, you know, women in sport as a whole were still a fairly new thing. Women were a new thing. You know what I mean? Like we take it for granted so much now that it is so normal. And in equestrian sports, we take it totally for granted that we compete on an equal footing. It is not normal, but it's down to people like Trish who have paved the way. And we are now in a, an era of our sport whereby actually it is female dominated. You know, we we had a, a period in the not too distant past where we had, I think, 19 of the 20 majors in the sport, whether we were looking at five stars, championships, um, big four star titles and things like that. You know, they were all held by women. I think it was one held by a man. Um, and actually, you know, we need to celebrate that. And it's down to people like Trish who have really set the scene and set the standard and and shown us that it is possible and that it can be done. And I just find that absolutely fascinating. But she was completely like, yeah, totally normal. Um, and it wasn't, it, you know, it was extraordinary what, what she was able to do and inspired so many other people along the way as well. Um, one thing, what are you most looking forward to at the convention this year? <laughs> Saturday at about 1 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Is that when is that when your official president That's when uh, that's about the time over. when I will be I will be giving um probably a little bit earlier than that, but that's when I will be um you know, I, that's it'll be as I said it will be uh, a high note and a low note for me because again, I um yeah, I just it's been a it's been a wild ride. So, um it'll be very 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 bittersweet um but i'm i'm i just am looking forward to i just like getting everybody together when we're not rushed to get to a, not the next horse show walk a course um go down center line and we can all sort of be together cuz you know for some reason we all love the sport and we all love the horses so it's kind of fun to be able to have that in common and you know try to try to make our sport better make our horses lives better make our lives better and you know carry on Absolutely. Yeah. Rob? Yeah, I'd say as a as an extreme extrovert, just so, I love being around people and people passionate about the sport. So for me, I get to leech off their energy all week and then um, come home and crash. But so I really do love seeing everyone. I wouldn't be lying if I didn't say the little fanboy in me wasn't like super excited to listen to the wag <laughs> talk and go to the hall of fame like when i get to go to the hall of fame and the wake talk i get to sit in the audience and just be a little geek about the sport and listen and and learn and um you know for me that's like a childhood uh 
that's like if you said to me as a kid, you're going to get to do this, um, I would never have believed you. Yeah, I think that is pretty cool. Extreme extroverts. I think that is an excellent description and one that I should probably apply to myself, actually. Um, Rob, we can be extreme extroverts together. Look, it is a very, very exciting few weeks coming up. The reason that we have done this show now, listeners, a little bit earlier than in previous years is because there is still time for you to book your ticket and get to the USCA convention in 2022. It is the 7th through to the 11th of December. Everybody is welcome. There is so much for you, whether you feel that it is for you or not. Go online, take a look at the schedule, because there is just something for everybody. And we want you to have your say. And this is your chance to to have an input as well. And to talk to the people that make decisions, because actually, you can have an input into that as well. And this is a great platform in which you can have your say, but also learn things, make new friends and have a jolly, brilliant time as well. Rob, Max, thank you both so much. Enjoy the convention. Listeners, what have we got coming up for you? We have Hopefully got... Hopefully we'll see you there. I don't know if I can make it. I know. I know. Let's hope. I We're hoping. We're hoping. I'm hosting, I'm hosting something in the UK that weekend, and I uh, don't think I can extricate myself. Otherwise, I would have loved to have done. Next year, 2023. Where is it in 2023? St. St. Louis. Louis. Perfect. Sign me up. Uh, listeners, we have got lots coming up for you. Dan Creedle is on the show next time to talk all about his incredible trial. Amazing. With just the most remarkable story as well. So we're looking forward to that. And uh, we will be back, joined by Dermot Byrne as well, for the review of the year, which will be around at the middle of December. And lots to look forward to in 2023 as well. So uh, for now, that is what we've got time for. But Max, Rob, it has been a pleasure as always. And we'll be back soon with more on the USCA official podcast. Thanks for listening to the USCA official podcast. If you have any suggestions or feedback, then we would love to hear from you. Get in touch through any of our social media platforms at US Eventing. And don't forget to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform to make sure you don't miss an episode.